guess what? We have four weeks and five days until my favorite week of the summer. And because of that, I am going to do a series for the next five podcasts. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. We are counting down to Vacation Bible School. Whoop, whoop. I know, right? Did you ever go to Vacation Bible School? Oh my gosh. I am a giant geek loving Vacation Bible School goer. One year, totally went to my friend Jody's church for Vacation Bible School. We made crackers. How fun is that, right? Um, I think it was supposed to be like the um, unleavened bread that they serve at Passover. And then we got to go to my church for Vacation Bible School. Oh yeah, I remember us laughing so hard in that particular class that we almost got kicked out, which kind of not because we were really nice girls. Anyways, Vacation Bible School, it is nothing but fun. This year is a food truck party theme. I know, where do they come up with this stuff? But for the next five weeks, you are going to help me prepare because guess what? I am the storyteller. So welcome to Vacation Bible School 2023. So VBS couldn't be any cornier than anything. Like, oh my goodness, there's always like a theme and then stories that go with it. And boy, do we ever stretch everything out. There is a Christian comedian. His name is John Christ. Don't Google him too hard or you'll find out that he got in a lot of trouble at one point. But if you YouTube John Christ, VBS worker, hilarious. Oh my gosh, just super funny. Basically, he's saying, oh yeah, VBS is basically unsupervised um, time at the park with where everything has a spiritual theme. Totally cracking up because we are definitely guilty, not of the unsupervised part, but of everything having a spiritual theme. We often buy a pre-written program by you know, a publishing company, a Christian publishing company. This year's program is called Food Truck Party on a Roll with God. Huh, hilarious. But let's be honest, food trucks are super fun. And we are, in fact, going to have some food trucks at our Vacation Bible School. Pray that we get one for every day and it accommodates our VBS goers. But, um... Yeah. So the stories are all sort of food related. And it's interesting because sometimes it gets kind of challenging, not so much to tell an adult, but when you start telling four-year-olds about Old Testament stories and how they relate to Jesus, 
it gets a little tricky, especially in a world where attention deficit is all over the place. I mean, everybody has a short attention span. And the first story that we start off with is in Exodus chapter 16. So if you are not an avid Bible reader, I would recommend it because it is just super fun. And I got to tell you, I geek out at reading the Bible because I like to learn. And the more I know, the better I know Jesus. And I, it's unbelievable how it all ties together in my own personal life. So sometimes I feel like the Bible is written for us specifically. When I'm reading it, I feel like God has written it for me to hear and to understand on any given particular day what I need to understand. Love, love, love it. Of course, when I take the Bible that I have used in a variety of Bible studies, I jokingly call it the um, Lutheran Bible because it's one that Lutherans use often. The Concordia Self-Study Bible. So Concordia, you've heard probably heard of Concordia College and Concordia Publishing. Um, they're primarily Lutheran, and maybe they're completely Lutheran. Not even sure. But anyways, it is 100% um, Lutheran approved. So I've had this Bible for a while. I wonder if I wrote down when I got it. Um, nope, that's where youth groupers stamped Jesus loves you in the beginning. And I have some cool stickers and things like that, but I don't ha necessarily have a date on there. I actually thought that I did write when I started reading it one time and when I finished it, but maybe not in this Bible. Anyways, I've had it for a long time. And when I got to Exodus chapter 16, the whole entire chapter, not highlighted once. Wah, wah. I thought for sure I would go there and be like, oh yes, this verse totally resonated with me and here's the reason why, blah, blah, blah. Nope, nothing in there because I, for the most part, thought, well, this is sort of weird. And yet the truth of the matter is I'm starting to get this crazy Bible thing in a teeny tiny way that anybody else would have been like, uh, duh. But it's one of those cases where have you ever have you ever seen somebody like tell a story and they'll be like, Well, I tell you this, or I told you that, so I can tell you this. I think God is very much this amazing storyteller, author, creator, you know, of this story of life in which he does in fact have us go through this so that we understand. Chew. Well, there's a first, a big sneeze, and I'm not even going to edit that out. So for those of you who just said, God bless you, Thank you. Anywho, 
little tickle of air came up because my air con just came on and then I sneezed. So fun times, right? Most people would edit that stuff out, but this is real life, people. So here's my story is that I think God absolutely created people, loved them so much, they blow it. He says, okay, here's my plan B because I do love you so much. Like I can literally destroy you and start all over and also I could make you love me, but I'm going to give you free will and you're going to blow it. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come down in human form and teach you everything you need to know. Um, and it will be as the son of God so that Jesus will teach us how to love father God, and then we'll leave God, the Holy spirit with us. And God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit are all one God. So it's crazy and we can't possibly fathom it anyways, but we have God who helps us in all aspects. So in order to help us understand this story, God begins to write the story and have all of us act it out. And we're going to mess up his story along the way, but he will continue to point to Christ and ultimately to death on a cross and raising again to life, conquering sin and death and the devil and us living eternally with God, right? Like that is the cliff notes hang up you don't have to answer any or listen anymore. That's the spoiler alert. But seriously, stay tuned because this whole manna story, crazy. And I always love it when the first story of the week is like, how am I going to teach four-year-olds about something called manna? So already I am super excited that I'm doing this because you are going to help me be a better storyteller, which is my goal in life. My mom was the VBS storyteller and rocked it like kids. When she taught kids in VBS, when my mom died, there were grown up kids that talked about her at VBS or Sunday school and would say something they learned that resonated with them. And I just want to emulate that because that is such an amazing thing. And sometimes I'm so sad because I will never be the storyteller that she is. So the more I can prepare, the better I will be ready to do this. And I'm cracking up because the food truck has daily specials and the daily specials are God is great. God is good. Let us thank God for our food by God's hands. We all are fed. Give us Lord our daily bread. Yeah. I just realized the five daily specials actually create a prayer. What? I wonder if, um, our VBS leader, Amy, who's been sort of my partner um, in VBS for years now, I wonder if she realized that each daily special 
is a sentence of a full prayer. But I love short, easy um, sort of mantras of the day because um, God is great. And so God provides manna and quail. Here's the gist of Exodus. As I completely pause, it's just such a big, long story. Long story short, God has rescued the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, and they are now in the desert, headed to the promised land, and it takes them longer than they should because they are nothing but ungrateful whiners, like constantly sinning against God, being so ungrateful, not trusting God, not allowing, I mean, God has just performed some pretty amazeballs miracles in front of their very eyes, the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, just time and time again. And yet they are nonstop complainers. And in chapter 16, that in the NIV Bible is subheaded manna and quail, um, the community has set out from the I assume country, a limb, and came to the desert of sin. Well, how ironic is that? And on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. So Moses is the leader of the pack, And the Israelites say, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Wow. Complain much? Are you kidding me? And so the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. 
While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in a cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Each one of you is to gather as much as he needs. Take an omer, which is a measurement, for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as they needed. Then Moses said, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until the morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. I'm just going to stop you there because in my house, maggots are gross. I don't know anybody who digs a maggot. They probably don't. It's a real stupid thing to say, but like, I get like super grossed out about it. My sister does too. Um, I remember being brand new to Wisconsin, Janesville, and I went to Adam's school and there was a girl in my class who apparently kept her lunch in her locker for weeks and weeks and weeks, not just one lunch, several, and they opened her locker and it was like totally full of maggots. Gross. So here's the thing. God is telling them, don't take more than you need and don't keep more than you need. And yet the Israelites are still like, here God has provided the food and they're still going to be greedy. And what do they get? They get maggots. Gross. So I will continue reading from Exodus 16. We're at chapter um, 21. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as he needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it in, into until the morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? 
Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was like white. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. That sounds delicious. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the desert when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, then place it before the Lord to be kept for the generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna in front of the testimony that it might be kept. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. Um, And then it says an omer is one-tenth of an ephah, as if we know what either of those measurements are. The whole saving the manna, like that was part of the Ark of the Covenant, um, which is what sort of began to be physical things that get used to worship our God. And so kind of a crazy story, right? But it is once again, God providing. And the interesting thing about this is this group of people should know the story of Abraham, because whenever they would talk about God, it would be the God of Abraham, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and those stories were told by by Moses, and that is how that's how we learn about God. We hear the stories that are told and told and told, and so they might remember the story of when Abraham is tested by God to sacrifice Isaac, and on the way up, Isaac's like, Dad where's the ram for the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide. And he does. God doesn't let Abraham sacrifice Isaac. And when Abraham is obedient to the point of almost doing it, God stops him. And then there's a ram that's all caught in a tree and God provides. On top of that, like I said, God has just gotten them out of slavery, out of Egypt. How how are they not trusting a God that walks them through a parted sea? I mean, I'd be freaking out because nobody's expecting nobody knows what to expect, but when they get to the other side, and not a single Israelite is killed by the sea coming back together, but all of the Egyptian soldiers and Pharaoh are, holy smokes, like, shouldn't they just be like nonstop trusting, right? Probably not that different from us. 
You know what I'm saying? Do you ever not trust God? So bread is going to be kind of a central theme in a lot of these stories and some other food-related stuff. And hopefully it will begin to connect with these children the importance not so much of the bread that we eat, but that is that it is provided by God, that it is blessed by God, and that God takes care of us physically and spiritually and emotionally, and he provides what we need in all of those areas. People understood bread as a nutritional necessity. It was a staple in what they ate. And when you look at the Passover, they made bread without yeast because there was no time to have the bread raised. So they ate a variety of kinds of breads. The manna in the desert is bread provided by God. And there's a reference to that manna in John chapter 6, which in John chapter 6 will also be one of our stories coming up later this month, actually next month in July. And so I don't want to do a total spoiler alert, but I will tell you when I got to turn to page turn to page when I turned to chapter six of John um lots of highlights because anytime there is Christ's words I can highlight all day long and so just to kind of bring it around <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking he says I am the living bread that came down from heaven by the way, this is John 6, um, beginning verse 51. And there's some prior stuff ahead. And if you want a spoiler alert and go look, go ahead and do it. We won't be talking about this until 1, 2, 3, the fourth story of our VBS series. Um, but go ahead and look. It's going to be fun. But here's why this manna is going to make sense to the first people that are going to hear the words of the Bible, but then also to us as we see the history of it. So Jesus says, pause for a drink. He didn't say that. I said that. So John 6, chapter 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread... He will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Oh, so good. Then the Jews begin to argue sharply amongst themselves. How can this man give us flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
for my flesh is real food and my body is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds me will live because of me, who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. Very cool, right? And Jesus is setting the stage for his very own sacrifice of his body and his blood. And he's speaking of communion when he says, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood. And, you know, boy, if you are talking to somebody who is a non-believer or unchurched or kind of hate that word, but somebody who just doesn't know the Bible. And if you are one of those people who are listening, this sounds so very weird and borderline like pagan and cultish and things like that. It's not because this story of man that is still being written, so to speak, always points to Jesus. And when Jesus dies, before he dies, he has the Passover supper with the disciples and he hands them the bread and he gives them the wine and he says, take and eat. This is my body shed for you. Take and drink. This is my blood given for you. Probably have that mixed up a little bit, but, and they're probably thinking, what the heck? Because they don't know what's going to happen next. He has told them a million times, maybe not a million, but he has shared, tried to continue to sort of give them the truth. And then it happens, but I'm sure they're totally in shock and all that kind of stuff. And so now in this section, this is before it's happening, he is comparing like, hey, yeah, God fed you manna fed our ancestors manna, but eventually people die, right? I'm going to feed you the bread of life myself. And because of this, even when you die an earthly death, you will live eternally in heaven. Good, good stuff, right? How to tell that story to littles is going to be interesting other than let's just take it at face value with littles, right? Story about these people, God feeds them, he provides, right? And so God is great. He gives them the manna that they need. He feeds them. He loves them even though they are whining and grumbling and greedy, taking more than they should and saving it when they shouldn't and going out looking for it. When he said, take enough for two days, Sabbath is for rest. They just don't get it. And like I said, is there times where you don't trust God? Most of us would say no, because we trust him all the time. But 
Do we waver? Of course we do. Do we take matters into our own hands? Yes, we do. Do we take too much? Do we look for it when God says to rest? We do all the things the Israelites do. And it's easy to look in look in retrospect and be like, wow, they were idiots. And yet we continue to grumble against our God. And so we must continue to trust that he does give us this day our daily bread. Another fun fact, there are a lot of um, churches that are changing VBS to like VBC or something else that sounds a little bit more fun. VBC meaning Vacation Bible Camp, um, which reminds me of Judy, who I keep forgetting to shout out. She is like one of my avid listeners and one of my best Bible camp friends. She Bible studies with me and we call it Bible camp because camp is fun. But I'm all about old school VBS because it is a week of school because we are learning, learning about Jesus and it's so much fun. So it's a vacation. It has the Bible in it and we're definitely schooling these kids. So I'm all old school VBS all day long. And so, um, it's going to be a blast and I can't wait to report after I share all these stories with you, exactly sort of what happens the week of vacation Bible school and maybe the week after. So who knows, this could, this five week series could actually turn into a seven week series, but I just think our God is amazing and we learn so much from him and the way that he has mixed these stories together. I was going to say woven, but now I'm cracking myself up because I think we will mix it up in terms of like cooking and food trucks and all that good stuff. And so I got to get all my puns in for a food truck. I probably should um, talk to somebody on a food truck and see. There is a um, food network food truck, um, competition. I do watch that sometimes. So I kind of know my stuff. Anyways, what's more important is sharing this word with the babies of the world. So I think the takeaway from this story is definitely that God is great. Good daily special And let's stop whining. Let's stop whining and grumbling at God for all that we find uncomfortable or stressful. Let's listen to God and trust him and know that he will provide. And when he does, let's be grateful and not greedy and not looking for more good stuff. Am I right? I am Chrissy Baki. I am the hippie Christian who cares. I am so grateful that you listen. Susie and Judy, who I should shout out all the time, um, Phyllis, Paul, Bob, Brian, I know you guys are the listeners that 
listen constantly. If you are a listener that I haven't shouted out, shoot me an email or a text or call me or if you don't know me that well, send me an email, hippiechristianwhocares at gmail.com. Hippie is H-I-P-P-I-E, by the way. My sister loves it when I spell. Thanks for being my VBS students. I am so excited to be the storyteller. Can't wait for next week.